So the next step is to actually show our chat UI uh, when we select one of these rooms. So when we select that, we're going to get the did select row at index path method called, which is empty down here in the bottom. So we're going to go ahead and create an NSC chat view controller. Uh, alloc init. Now I could have done this with storyboards, but the uh, the author of the this chat view controller actually inherits from that messages view controller from our CocoaPod. And in the docs, it mentions it doesn't play well with storyboards. So we're actually just creating it in uh, by hand here. So then we're going to say chatvc.client and self.client. So we're just passing on our MS client directly over to that view controller as well. And we also need to specify which room we're in. So we're going to say room equals self.rooms. And we'll use uh, indexpath.row for that. And then finally, self.navigationcontroller, pushviewcontroller, chat VC animated yes. We're in the chat view controller. We have some methods we can fill out here. So the first thing to do is in view to appear, we want to uh, mark the user as a participant in the room. And I'm, I'm doing this by having a room ID column on the user's table. So we're going to go ahead and in view to appear, I'm going to say set user room to be an NS number based on self.room.roomID. Uh, and then on view will disappear, we're also going to make a call uh, to pass a nil here. Um, actually, I want nil to be uh, NS null, null. Uh, because these values have to be present in a dictionary, it's going to be set user room. Uh, these values have to be present in a dictionary, so nil isn't value in a isn't valid in a dictionary. Uh, we'll have to pass in ns null null as a value that represents null. So we just need to implement that method set user room, and here we're going to be given an ID value either a room or null uh, for our a room. And here I'm going to get a reference to our table. This is the users table that we need self.client get table users. Next I need to uh, set some properties of what I want to update. Now in this case I'm just going to create a quick dictionary. Uh, the, the things I want to update are the room ID and the room ID is going to be uh, whatever value I passed in for this room here. So that's either going to be an NS number or it's going to be null. And we also need to pass in an ID and for every update call you have to pass this in. So I'm going to get an NS number from uh, that's going to be the user ID from NS user defaults, which we saved earlier. Object for key, user ID. Now, obviously, we shouldn't allow the client to just update. You know, we're, we can't trust our client to pass in a correct user ID. So, on the server, you should validate this. Uh, in this simple scenario, I'm not going to. But um, in our for our ID field, we can just pass in the user ID that we saved before. So now uh, this, these are the params that I'm going to send to the server. And then we can say users um, update, passing in the params that we want to update, and a completion block. Now in the completion block, I'm just going to basically log out what happened. So if there's an error, I'm going to say, you know, error. And if there wasn't, I'm going to say uh, nslog set user room to room. So we know it finished. Now this is not a bulletproof method of making sure that your users are 
their room ID is set every time. For, for instance, if the app crashes while you're on the view controller, then this will never get called. So um, you'd obviously have to design something a little bit more robust for a shipping application, but for this, uh, this will work for our needs right now. Tackle the, uh, the method to fetch the messages. And uh, this one is a little bit complicated, so we're gonna go through it step by step. So the first thing we need to do is set a network activity indicator visible to yes. Then we're going to say that we're checking messages since a certain date. Now this date hasn't been initialized yet, but I will do that as soon as this body is completed. So uh, the reason why I wanna do that is that um, as you're sitting in a chat room, you don't wanna re-download the entire set of messages every time. We're just going to record a date of when we last successfully received results and go from there. So the next thing to do is to create a predicate. And this is basically the where clause for our query that we're gonna run. So if I give us some more room here, it's a in standard predicate format. So you use the standard uh, replacements here, percent %d for integers and percent %at for objects. So basically for uh, we want to query for messages in this room that are created at uh, greater than that time. Then I want to basically do the same thing we did before uh, with our messages table. That method doesn't exist yet, but we will create it. And we're saying query where this time passing in the predicate. So this is going to control what objects we get back from the server. Again, we say read with completion and we get a callback that indicates how many results we got. Now, because we have uh, multiple ways of calling this method, one of them we can call basically on a, on a scheduled timer, uh, maybe every 10 or 20 seconds, but also on viewed load where we might get a, a large batch of messages at once. So we're gonna record the last fetch date uh, so that next time we call this, we can get uh, only new results. And then we just need to check to see if there are items that we found, we'll log them out, and then we'll check to see if we've already initialized our messages array. So this is how we're gonna distinguish between uh, two calls. One of them is the first call where we need lots of, we might make it lots of messages at once, and another one where we're just appending onto the end of this array. So in the event that we don't have messages yet, we're gonna create a mutable array to contain them, and then we're gonna add all of the messages, convert them to message objects from their dic dictionary representations, and add those to the new array. Then we're gonna reload our table and scroll to the bottom of the list, not animated. So basically it's just all gonna appear at once. For the else block, we're going to uh, take a look at the messages to add, and we're gonna loop over them. And if we don't already have that message, then we're going to add it to our array. And if there are any messages to add, then we're going to insert them onto the end of the list uh, using an animation. So basically you'll just see them animate in at the bottom. Finally, we need to set the network activity indicator visible to no, and we're done. Now, of course, we need to do some error handling here to also make sure that we uh, know if something happened. Okay, so we have some methods we need to implement here. This uh, message array for dictionaries and insert messages, the messages table, and we need to initialize our last fetch date. So I'm just going to initialize the last fetch date to NS date date with uh, interval since 1970 zero. So we'll have something really low that we can work with. This uh, insert messages method. So here in the insert messages function, we need to 
tell the table view that we're about to begin updates so we may uh, insert multiple rows at a time and we don't want the animations to collide with each other. And uh, then we're going to get the index paths for all of the messages that we need. Um, and for each message in the list, we're going to add an object, calculate the, the last index path for the object we just added, and add it to our index paths array. Finally, we're just going to say uh, insert rows at index paths with row animations. Uh, so they'll get inserted and they will uh, adjust their animation accordingly, depending on whether or not they're in the middle or on the bottom. And then finally, we say table view end updates. The next method we need to write is uh, the one that returns the MS table, messages table. Now we just need to create the message arrays for dictionaries, uh, message array for dictionaries uh, method. So that's going to be message array for dictionaries. We're going to take a list of message dictionaries. This method is just going to loop over all of the results, creating a new NS mes NSC message object with the uh, dictionary. Now again, NSC message, if we go over to our models here, you can see NSC message uh, just has the message ID, the room ID we're in, the author of the message, the user ID who sent it, and the uh, text of the message. So we're going to correct our syntax there to make sure and return it. And at this point, uh, this method no longer has any compile errors. So we're basically ready to go there. However, we have our table view implementation that we need to worry about here. And the table view implementation is actually handled by, by our base class messages view controller. But it does have a requirement that we tell it how many rows that we have. So we're going to say, uh, table view number of rows in section and then we're going to return self.messages count for that and then instead of uh, constructing a cell the cell will be constructed for us what we need to do is ask for the text for row at index path uh, or rather the base class is going to ask us for the text to return and to do that we need a few different things one of them is uh, we need a reference to our NSC message so we'll say self.messages at that index path row. Then we're going to check to see if this is the uh, our own method, or sorry, our own message. Uh, basically, we're going to compare the uh, user ID of the message to see if it's our own or not. And if it's our own, we just want to return the message text. If it's not our message, then we want to return something a little bit formatted. So we're going to say uh, text equals in a string string with format and we're going to have the uh, at sign here with a couple of new lines and then the username here so that's going to be message.txt and message.author again those need to come from the server so that we can render it appropriately and then we're just going to return that text property or text uh, variable so now we need to uh, write this method is own message which returns a bool and in the end is own message we're going to check the message user ID and see if it's equal to the string self dot client dot current user dot user ID now the last thing we need to do to get this going on is if you're familiar with the SMS application you've got uh, different color text bubbles depending on whether or not you're on the left or the right and we want to accommodate that so this is going to be um, a message style for road index path and we have to return one bubble message style. So we're basically going to say 
return self is own message. Let's get a reference to the message first. Self.messages at indexpath.row. And we're going to check to see if this is our own message or not. So we'll say is own message, question mark. If it is, we're going to return bubble message style uh, outgoing because it's coming from us. Otherwise, we're going to style it as an incoming message. So now we just need to implement this here. Uh, once our message has been completed, we want to again check to see if we have an item. And if we don't, we're going to output an error message. The, uh, once we get the item back, we want to actually create a new message uh, based on that item that we got. So we're going to say NSC message, message with dictionary item. And the reason is we want to make sure that we have all the properties that the server also um, sent over, including the message ID. So uh, once we have that, we're going to call a method insert message row for that message because we want to do a similar thing that we did with the rooms as once we're finished, instead of refetching the whole table, we're just going to insert the one row. And then finally, we're going to tell our superclass to finish the send, which is going to re-enable the button and, of course, clear out text and all that. Okay, so now let's implement this insert message row. This is exactly the same as what we've had before. Uh, basically, we're going to add it to the end of the array and insert a new row into the table. The last thing I need to do is just make sure that we call fetch messages as soon as the table loads. So I'm going to go back into view to load and we're going to call fetch messages. Okay, let's go ahead and run the application now. We'll see if we can get a message posted to our general chat room. Tap on general chat and I will say hey there and hit send. And at this point, uh, the author is coming back as null, and that's because we're not doing anything special on the server in order to return the user ID uh, as part of this response, or the user's username. So let's go ahead and do that now. That's going to be a server-side operation. We're going to go over to the messages table, and we have a few things to do here. So I'm going to go over to the script tab here, and on the read operation, this is going to be for all selects, we're going to modify this so that we can attach more data to what is re returned from the server. So in this case, we're going to uh, we're going to let the original query happen, but we're going to take over once uh, success is called, and at this point we have our results here. So on uh, results, and these are going to be message results and error. And then of course we will need the error callback as well. So we'll do that as here for the function for error. And actually, error comes through that way, so we won't get success called if we have an error. Okay, in this case, I'm just going to say console.log. Couldn't get messages. And pass the error into that. And of course, we have to remember to request.respond to make sure that we actually respond with the error appropriately. So once we have here, I want to collect the user IDs out of these message results. So I'm going to do that by mapping the results to a function. And the function at this point is going to take the results and we can return r.userid for each row. So if we get back a list of messages and they all have various user IDs, I'm going to pull those back here. And I want to make sure that we actually have some. So I'm going to say if user IDs not equal undefined and that we have some. So user IDs.length is greater than zero. 
So if we have some, I want to console.log just to make sure that we have these user IDs. And then I'm going to use the comma here so I can output an object and it will get spit into the log there. And then I'm going to call a method here that doesn't exist yet, which is called get users. And we're going to pass in the user IDs that we want to get and then a function for the callback. So the function is going to take user results and an optional error. And here we're just going to assume that we have users for each one of these messages. So uh, we're going to loop over message results. And in this case, uh, we're going to try to find the user associated with this message. So now we have a uh, user. Now we can set on our message that we're looping over. We can set the author property. Remember that we were looking for this on the client side. We can set the author property to that user's username. And then we're done. Once we're all done with all of this, we can say request.respond. And then we're good. So in the case of error, we're not really handling that here. Uh, so, so now we have this going on. And now we just need to write our get users method. We're going to pass in the IDs and get the callback here. Var users equals tables dot get table users. Now here I'm going to use the uh, JavaScript API to query again. So users dot where, and this time I want to say um, basically get a function, and the function at this point is going to take the IDs. And we're going to say return this user ID in IDs. And then we need to pass the value to that function here. So we're going to pass in IDs. And then finally, we call read to execute the query. And read takes options with a success and an error. So this is a little bit uh, strange, but this will actually get converted into a SQL query for us. I could have chosen to do this with raw SQL. Uh, in fact, I could have done the whole thing with the join, but uh, in order to demonstrate the various ways of querying, this seemed like a good approach. So basically, we get the users table, we uh, issue this where clause. This um, argument here will get passed into that function in order to um, create the, the where clause in our query, and then we tell it to read. So in the case of uh, success, at this point, we have our user rows already, so we can just call our callback with the results. And in the case of error, we're going to call the callback with null and our error. Okay, so at this point, it looks like we have a, a working script. I'm going to go ahead and save it. What I'm going to do while I'm in here is go into the insert script for our messages. And we haven't yet set the created at timestamp for our messages. So let's go ahead and do that. We're going to say item.createdAt at equals new date. And after uh, setting the created at date for our messages, we also need to set the user ID to user user.userid. Um, otherwise, we won't know who posted the message. So then we're going to hit save. So now when I uh, type my first message in here, my first message, and I hit send, it correctly identifies me as the person who posted that. And if I go back in and pull it back again, you can see it's retrieved from the server. Now I also have another application running on my actual iPhone. And this is uh, uh, shown on the screen via an app called Reflector. Here I'm going to tap on general chat, and here I can see my first message on the left uh, because it did not come from me. I'm signed in as a different Twitter account. 
So if I uh, type on the keyboard, hey there, and hit send, you can see that on the right on this device, it correctly identifies it as coming from me. And if I go back out and in here, you can see that it shows up there. So the last thing we have to do is enable push notifications for the device and polling for this uh, the simulator. So let's go ahead and do that next. To do polling, it's pretty easy. Uh, we just need, we have a timer already. We just need to uh, start polling and stop polling and view did appear and view will appear. Sorry, view will disappear. So we're gonna say uh, start polling here. And here we're gonna say self stop polling. And because we're already dealing with dates in our query, uh, this is gonna be pretty easy to implement. So those methods in here. I'm, I'm not gonna poll if we have a device token present. Uh, because we'll rely on push notifications for that. If we are, we're going to, uh, if we don't have a device token, we're going to start polling every 10 seconds, calling fetch messages, and then call stop polling here. And uh, that's going to invalidate our timer. And so every time we go to the screen, we see it, if we're going to start polling for changes, and that should do the trick. Enable push notifications. Uh, we need to um, basically start listening for a specific notification to be fired. I'm going to start off here in the app delegate for the application uh, did receive remote notification. And basically I want to um, pull the room ID out of this notification and raise a different ID or raise a different notification that our application can handle anywhere. So here I'm going to paste in some code here for the, uh, we're going to pull out the room ID property out of the payload of our notification and then post this notification here. So now back in our chat view controller, now we just need to say that we're listening for messages. And we again want to do that in this view controller. I'm going to paste in uh, this message, uh, these methods here, listen for messages, which is going to listen for that notification. And on message received, it's going to check to see if this is the room ID that we care about. And if so, we're going to trigger a fetch. So now we just need to tell this thing to listen for messages. So now we've got the plumbing work together. Now we need to go to our script here. And in our table on insert, now we want to send our notification. So I'm just going to paste in some code here. So we're going to have this uh, function here for sending this push notification. And we're going to get all of the users out of the, uh, the database that are in this room. And then once we're done, we're going to loop over it. And we're going to make sure that we don't send it to the user who sent it to us. And we also need to check the device token. And remember, I had a device token of an empty string, so I'm also going to check the device token length is greater than zero, or equal zero. So if we have an empty or null device token, we're just going to return. And uh, this probably wants me to use triple equals. Okay. Uh, so then at this point, we have a list of valid users who are in the room who, um, who have a device. And we're just going to say push.apns.send, the device token that we want to send it to, and our payload. Now this is slightly different format than what you might be used to, uh, but it's similar to uh, exactly what Apple ex expects. So basically we have an alert, which is the item.txt. We might also choose to, to bring in the author of the message. In this case, I wanted to keep things simple. You could do the badge count here as well as a specific sound if you wanted to. And payload contains all of the extra data you want to send. So in this case, the room ID. So I'm going to go ahead and save that. Uh, but we actually need to to trigger it. So I'm going to um, pass in options to the execute call. So once it's finished, I'm going to have a function that will uh, send the push notification. 
for the item that we just created. So we'll save that. And of course I forgot to say request.respond because we have to make sure that that is in there. Okay, so that script is saved. Now at this point, uh, my application will go take a look at the users table, make sure that we have a device token for this user. And we certainly do. So for bin tester one, two, three, four, we have a device token. So if I uh, pass in, I'm gonna go back to the home screen on my device here. And then I'm just gonna type a new message here. You there and hit send and we got our notification you tap on it so after uh, recompiling and running the application this should run in just a second we should be able to receive the notification now while the app is running and uh, automatically refresh the UI so here the application is running let me go ahead and sign in We'll go into our general chat room. And now I'm gonna say, I am typing to you in real time. We hit send and the one on the left should have gotten the, uh, the notification. Let's take a look at the logs here. It did get the alert and the room ID. So it looks like it did find the, the message. It was just not scrolled down. So I've added this line of code to scroll to the bottom when a new message is received. And so at this point, we should have the ability to send a new message. Hit send. And you can see here that I did get the message. I'm going to clear out that breakpoint. And hit play again. And now the content got uh, shown on the left. So let me do that again one more time. Hit send. So it took a little while for those push notifications to come through. But here they are. And... Uh, so now I'm just going to type a message uh, from the phone. I'm just gonna say phone. And then on the right-hand side, it should be polling for changes about every 10 seconds. So we should see that result show up eventually on the right-hand side. And that about wraps up our exploration of Windows Azure Mobile Services. Now we built a full featured application here, complete with push notifications, Twitter authentication, and quite a few edge cases that were a little bit tricky to support. But with each, I think we demonstrated uh, how you can handle that inside of Windows Azure using their server-side scripting uh, language and environment. And I think that is a good demo to see what the platform excels at. So as always, if you have comments or questions, please post them in the comments. I'd love to hear what you think. And we will see you again in a week.